We heard a man was bit in half. Any recent bear attacks? Bears don't attack people underwater. Hello, and welcome back to Scream 101. I'm Brennan. And I'm Sergio. And this week, we're starting a whole other brand new marathon. That, that's what this month is going to be. Just be very excited about new things. But um, before we talk about Lake Placid, well, you know what? Neither of us have prepared any 10-word reviews. Do you feel adequately prepared to do a on-the-spot review of a troll in Central Park, perhaps? Sure. Okay. Okay, so you want me to go? Yeah, that was... Oh, Okay. Um, <laughs> no, this was a preliminary exploration task or er, task finding force, fact finding task force. Um, we haven't officially announced yet, but the announcement will arrive. I don't know. I understand what any of that. I'm was. making fun of presidential candidates. I hate them okay. so much. Okay, so They're, look, Brennan, okay. let's troll in Central Park. A ten word review. Uh, trolls, green thumb. Not enough to save this movie. And my review is Queen Ganorga, a new icon for the gays. Okay. I believe everybody will agree with you there. Okay. So you don't want to hear my rant about no, political procedure? No, I don't. It's not even a politically controversial thing. It's just I hate that people are like, I'm going to announce next week at this time. And it's like, didn't you kind of just announce? Uh-huh. When they kick off rally, you know? Uh, I hate everything. It's um, like when movie premieres occur like weeks before the public gets to see the movie. I guess it's just it's just so much pageantry. It is, but that's how we live our lives. You're so right. So, Brennan, let's talk about this movie. Yeah, we're here to talk about 1999's Lake Placid, directed by Steve Miner of Friday the Thirteenth Two and Three and Halloween H Two O, and the first episode of Dawson's Creek. He's been around the block a couple times. Um, here is the plot off the back of uh, this DVD that I have. Oh, it's just a, it's basically just a list of actors. Okay, hold on, hold on, let me find it. An investigative team armed with state-of-the-art equipment, high-powered weaponry, and a biting sense of sarcasm, must work together to defeat Black Lake's most ferocious resident, a 30-foot prehistoric crocodile. Betty White co-stars is the cantankerous Mrs. Bickerman, a role you've got to hear to believe <laughs> in this terrifying tale of survival that combines humor and thrills with remarkable deftness. Yeah, it's pretty accurate. Okay, um, sure. As always, we rate our movies on five, or out of five on scariness, campiness, effects, and quality. Let's start with scariness, Sergio. Oh, I see we're changing things up. No? I know. That's okay. a joke. Routine is very important. Mm-hmm. Okay, so scariness. My scariness score is a three. Okay, uh, I assume this is based on the fact that you watched this a lot as a kid, and that always boosts your scores. That's true, but I did try to tone it down because rewatching this movie, I was like, there's not much that's scary, save for the just gore involved in the movie. Uh, well, w- yeah, so there wasn't anything else. Oh, nothing really stood out as being particularly frightening. Oh, do you want me to tell you? I mean, the way that people that is died. What this discussion is fine. The way that people died was pretty, pretty scary. Um, it's not often you see somebody lose half their body or their head. Uh, <laughs> That was almost a joke. <laughs> just so, it just sounded like it could have been one. Yeah. Um, I, don't know, I found that probably scary as a kid. <laughs> okay. Um, and I 
gave this a one out of five. Oh, you weren't scared at all. Um, I was scared by how bored I was during this movie. <gasps> That's so mean. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't necessarily mean to go in on a movie that like means so much to you, especially because I gave Final Destination like grossly. Yeah, you were um, weighted scores. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm um, glad that we can admit this now. No, we did, but I still think that Final Destination, at its core, even if I was coming at it from a place of like newness and cynicism, I it's a better movie. Yes. There's more going on. It is by leaps and bounds a better movie than mm-hmm. Lake Placid, which I normally don't complain like, oh, it takes so long to get to the crocodile, but I just did not like spending time with these people. Mm-hmm. So there was nothing to get me through the parts that weren't crocodile. And according to the IMDb trivia, crocodile was only in it for like four minutes. So I appreciated four minutes of this movie. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, I think it just speaks to our different sensibilities and like our movie taste because That's I like movies true. that are like more contained and smaller in scale. And I think even as a kid, I probably really liked how it was just sit at this picturesque lake where all you see is green everywhere. Uh-huh. Well, look, I like the Friday the 13th movies and mm-hmm. that's, you know, same deal. But instead mm-hmm. of a crocodile, it's uh, Jason. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just saying like this is probably why I like it more than you do because you like your big bang explosions and I'm more like into story. Okay, tell me what the story is of Lake Placid, okay. if, if you will. Okay, so it begins open scene. Uh, there is a young fade in Mariska Hargitay. There is a young uh, paleontologist. Yes, and she is just minding her own business, studying some bones. Uh huh. And then she's studying a DVD copy of Snoop Dogg's Bones. And then um, a senior paleontologist, her boss, who is also her lover. Yeah, and he is. Talk about a, a May December relationship. Um, that goes without saying. Uh, so yes, her December boss comes in and is like, you know what? I think it's time we see other people. And then she's sad. And then what? You're looking at me. Okay, I don't remember this scene because isn't the scene that he walks into Mariska Hargitay who's studying the bones, and he's like, "My previous lover is freaking out, and you need to solve it." Mariska Hargitay was studying the bones? Wasn't she? No, it was the other one. Okay. It was the blonde one. She was studying bones and she was just crying. And Mariska Hargitay comes to her and is like... Oh, okay. See, I thought... See, we clearly saw two different movies and I feel like you're not prepared enough to speak on this one. Okay. So I feel like your score deserves revision. <laughs> okay, I revise it to zero out of five. Rude. Um, no, you know, I guess this this scene kept me on tenterhooks because I was like, who's this woman? And who's this woman? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Anyways, oh, okay. the movie involves a paleontologist and a group of people just going to a lake learning to like love each other and like coexist with one another all the while like trying to survive this crocodile that they're trying to inspect. Yeah, okay. So what's the story? What? I just recounted what, it. What's the non-crocodile story that engrossed you so much in this movie? It's a love story between a girl and her craft. Is it though? Yeah. I think she just has a death wish cuz her super old boss boyfriend abandoned her and she's like i guess i can get eaten by a crocodile if that's what you're seeking to see as a woman who is re- you're denying this woman her agency that's fine no, i'm not she has I no choose, agency i choose to believe women brennan uh, okay um believe her when she's like i as a paleontologist who hates bugs and camping and never wanted to be here in the first place suddenly want to go on a canoe a whole bunch over a lake that we know a crocodile is in and then camp mere feet from this lake just because science okay people really love their craft look she never at any point uses her scientific knowledge to accomplish anything 
does a single thing. She We don't know if she didn't we should, maybe she published some great papers after this. Maybe she did. But mostly what she does is got a have, job with Nat Geo. Yeah, she mostly has medium length Bridget Fonda hair, because she is Bridget Fonda mm-hmm. and falls off boats just all the time. And then at the end she falls off a truck because she is upgraded. She didn't fall off the truck, did she? She sure did. Oh, that's at the end of the that's like before the end though. Well, not, it's not the final scene is not her falling off yes, the truck. Yes, she fell off quite a bit, Brennan, but the last scene, and I think it's like it's important to note here, she, we saw her standing. So oh, so, like so Captain, it's like a Captain Marvel. Yes, she gets back up she again. She did it first. So much like Captain Marvel, she stood on her own terms and found herself a new woman with agency on this hill I die on. Okay, and her name is Ari, and for that I'm so thankful. Yes. Um. Anyway, so I don't – I just – I don't get her motivations at all. I don't get anyone's motivations in this movie. Bill Pullman, who is adorable. I don't know why I like him so much because he's not like my type or anything. Um, But every time he's on screen, I'm like, hello. Mm -hmm. Welcome to me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Yeah, he was also in The Serpent and the Rainbow, which I I like. Um, But yes, so I don't get why he would fall in love with her because they hate each other. And it's one of those things where they're like, it's like they're straight and attractive, so they must find things within each other that mm-hmm. are worthwhile. I was honestly shipping her with Oliver Platt. Is that his name? The reprehensible, disgusting slob professor guy who is the man who pure is evil. The man who has limitless means and chooses to study crocodiles. Um, he be- follows his path. He also his kind of has a death wish, though. <laughs> he really does. If anyone does, it's him. Yeah, no, so he's this super rich. D- disgusting jerko Kevin Smith character <laughs> um, who is a professor and he I guess he just helicopters into wherever he thinks a crocodile might be yep. he, he really is just here to facilitate the plot because they're still like what could this monster be and he flies in he's like it's a crocodile and then the crocodile shows up and he's like see mm-hmm. <laughs> but he is absolute he's a disgusting pig with women he demands things of them and the women in this movie are particularly poorly written, especially the deputy character who offers sex to him if he, you know, flies away and does not endanger her by landing on the lake. Mm-hmm. And it se- and also her motivation seems to be to save his life and not hers. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it's, it's despicable. I hate him so much. Brennan, she truly loves this man. Oh, my God. This man she met two days ago, and his first thing he said to her was, like, you have enormous, giant, beautiful breasts. He embraced her femininity while her uniform was attempting to hide it. By being clothes? Yeah. And then um, when the guy shut down the party because it might attract the crocodile, he's like, me and her, we're planning to mate. And it's like, you have not had this conversation. You're just making wild assumptions about this She was clearly into him. Yeah, and I don't know why. He's rich. I mean, I think it has to do with the fact that... That's the that, only appealing thing about this character. Well, he's different. He's clearly nobody she's ever met before. Yeah. Because people in this town have more sense than he does. Yes. To act the way he does. So I give you that. I like. I can also admit that like you can be attracted to someone who's just authentically themselves. <sighs> okay. I mean, look, if this is her choice and it's all her consent... Then so be it, but I did not see that in the movie. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not saying it's poorly written and it's clearly like tying into like a Dan Brown kind of a kind of a steez, you know? Yeah, the, he is the true Robert Langdon. Mm-hmm. Like um, Dan Brown thinks Robert Langdon is uh, Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones, but Robert mm-hmm. Langdon is really Oliver Platt in Lake Placid. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Um, so yeah. So you were saying, Brandon, why don't you find this movie scary? Oh, it's just not scary. It's just kind of boring, and the characters are weird, and okay. I wanted them to die, and not enough of them did. Okay. So back to the reasons I found it scary. Or could we move on to campiness? Yeah, I perhaps? guess we should. <laughs> it's been ten minutes. Of, I will. I will step down off this soapbox. <laughs> okay. So campiness. So the movie gets a three. Oh, that's where I've landed as well. Okay, so at good. least we can agree on this one thing. Yeah, it was campy. Um, like again, the characters are over the top. The Bridget Fauna's character, like you mentioned, keeps falling over everywhere. Um, I did love that. She and also she gets multiple severed heads thrown at her throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a multiple of two, but yes, still counts. Um, uh, I like the animosity between. Uh, Donald Gleason's father, Brendan D- Donald Gleason, and his father is Brendan Gleason, aka Mad Eye Moody. So between Mad Eye Moody and Oliver Platt's character, that's pretty funny because um, it's like small town cop hates you know big city intellectual. Uh, and then Betty White is funny. She's funny. Yeah, she really is. You know the rapping grandma. <laughs> no, she was the rapping grandma on Bringing Down the House. Was she in that? Yeah. Do I need to re-show you that movie so you can... Yeah, remind me. What scene is she in? She's in the scene where um, I believe Queen Latifah is speaking and then, out, like, in the neighborhood. And then, like, Steve Martin, like, pushes her off the thing because he doesn't want her neighbors to, his neighbors to know oh, okay. that he has, like, a, fel- a felon in the neighborhood. Uh-huh. And then Betty White comes out and she's like, I thought I heard, and then insert expletive. Oh, okay. Um... I don't know, man. I don't remember that. You got me straight tripping, boo. Okay, well, she was in that. She was good. She played the racist neighbor. Oh, yes. So you remember the character, but not her performance. I guess. Um, but yeah, here she also has a lot of expletives to say. Um, and she's fine. She's mm-hmm. doing the thing that she would like really cement, I think, with the proposal. Mm-hmm. A full nine years after this. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean... I, I like her. Honestly, some of the comedy here I do think works for me. Mm-hmm. Um, the the parts of it that are centered around like a really grotesque depiction of the heterosexual dance of mating is not what I uh, what appeals to me. Mm-hmm. But I, I did like um, they found the severed toe of like the guy that got eaten in the beginning, mm-hmm. and Brendan is uh, Oliver Platt's like, is this the man you were looking for? And Brendan Gleeson just like he seemed taller. Mm-hmm. Like just little, you know, sarcastic barbs like that. I did, I did enjoy. Um, all, but one thing I will say that frustrated me about Bridget Fonda. I'm gonna split up my Bridget Fonda complaints just throughout and just sprinkle them throughout mm-hmm. the movie. Um, is that she has this constant line where she's like, "I have a thing about mosquitoes. I have a thing about ticks." Like she's always afraid of bugs, and she's always like, "I have a thing about this," but that never plays into anything. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that it was repeated three times in the movie, and I was like, "Look, rule of threes." I mean, I guess it would be the rule of fours at this point, but there's got to be a fourth punchline where she's like, kills the crocodile, and she's like, "I have a thing about crocodiles." Like mm-hmm. that's her cool thing, or something. But it just never happens. Mm-hmm. It just withers and dies on the vine. Um, I guess that's a fair like point, but I think it's just to show like how finicky she is because she is like a big city slicker who doesn't yeah. know how to like you know, roll down in the lake. The lake. Yeah. I mean, she learns mm-hmm. because it's really, it's a really sink or swim scenario for her because mm-hmm. she cannot stay on a boat. Yeah. Also, people treat Maine like this rural, like Hickville kind of a place, don't they? At least in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. And is Maine like that? I've always had like this vision of Maine as this picturesque place. 
All I know about Maine is that Stephen King sets all of his stuff there, and Fred Gwynn goes, be careful on that there rod. So is it kind of like hickish? I don't know. I mean, they have like a thick accent. Okay. But I don't know. Everyone has an accent. That's true. We oh. have an accent. That's true. We've Think about it. Okay, okay, continue, Brennan. Uh, um, I don't know. That was kind of where that was kind of my thing. All right, so you're done. So now we're on to effects. So yes. Brennan, what's your effect score? I will. I'm, I'm going to give this a three mm-hmm. um, because this was a delicate balance for me. Because I think the effect, uh, some of the like gore effects are pretty cool and fun. Like the guy who gets pulled out of the water and then he's just half of a person because uh-huh. um, the other half has been eaten. Yes, that stuff was leaning me towards a four. But there is some iffy CGI in how the crocodile is appears okay i don't know it, it it just it has some seams that just weren't really working for me mm-hmm. so i'm landing at a three i give it a three because the effects that we got were good but there wasn't a lot of them that's also true i think the movie was kind of like understated in how it approached the effects so it chose to not show us that much of the crocodile because in this case like less is more and the mystery of it um the mystery of bad cgi uh-huh. uh deserves to not be on screen as much as what you think it looks like no that's true and um the, the creature effects um in the credits it said they were designed by stan winston mm-hmm. who is the same person who made like the jurassic park creature creatures among mm-hmm. many other things but and that is a thing that jurassic park also does you, there, you don't get a ton of dinosaur action mm-hmm. and the cgi um, is kind of combined with animatronics and shot in a way that hides the seams. Mm-hmm. Lake Placid is not directed by Steven Spielberg. Mm-hmm. It is directed by proficient workman Steve Miner, mm-hmm. who I do enjoy his films, but he's not, you know, an auteur necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, so the it, he doesn't really hide the 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 poor qualities quite as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that. It is kind of mapping onto the Jurassic Park formula is not served by the fact that there's no Laura Dern or Sam Neill or Jeff Goldblum or whatever in this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a random collection of character actors who I like almost all of them, but it's, their characters aren't really there. <sighs> um, did I mention that I also give it a three? Yes, yeah, you did. I did. Yeah, then I think that's pretty good. I think we've we've settled that score. Yeah. One thing I will say, I, I, I do think in terms of effects... I do have my fingers crossed that the sequels will kind of pull out all the stops in terms of the effects are going to be way worse and way cheaper, but there's going to be a lot more of them mm-hmm. because there's no way that the sequels could possibly be taking themselves as seriously as this movie is. Mm-hmm. Like, cause even though it's sarcastic and funny, it's still trying to be a bona fide monster movie. Mm-hmm. And I think once they kind of throw away the veneer of attempting to be respectable in any way, I think it mm-hmm. could get, potentially fun i think once you get rid of the veneer of trying to be jurassic park you are gonna get yourself a pretty decent like you know popcorn flick yeah hopefully i mean we'll see we're gonna be trapped with like six of these so. mm-hmm. because i definitely got the feel that this movie was trying to be a uh, jurassic park i don't know what it was i mean i guess with the paleontologist like let's start there yeah having to go explore this thing um and then they find the thing, and then it eats them, and then they also, like, decide to save it. That's very Jurassic Parky. Oh, yeah. Um, like, almost, you know, note for note. Uh, so once that's thrown away with, once that pageantry is gone, I hope we do get us some pretty good crocodile eating. Yes. Um, but let's move on to quality. Um, I assume you can tell where I have been trending. Unfortunately, I do feel compelled to give this a 2 out of 5, and I do apologize to young Sergio. That's fine. I don't uh, care. Okay. Well, thank you. I'm giving it a three. 
Okay, see, I was expecting like a four or a five, so yeah, at least part we're of me closer. Wanted to give it a four, um, but like rewatching this movie last night, Stone Cold Sober, I was like, "Good God, this movie is boring," and I don't remember <laughs> what exactly like frightened me so uh-huh. much as a kid, or what kept me like watching it. Yeah, it, like about thirty minutes in, before we'd seen the crocodile, you're like, "Why have I seen this so many times?" Like this segment of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only thing I can think of is I probably did have this weird affinity for Oliver Platt's character. Don't ask me why. I don't know. It's, there's no need to investigate that right now. No, no, no. Okay, look. Um, look, there's therapy for that later. Brennan, we are just going to pass this by. Okay. Um, so, so yeah. So the movie is a three. It's a solid three. And for me. Um, but I think it's probably more closer to your rating than I give it credit. Yeah, no, and that's totally fair. Look, I'm not trying to convince you that this thing that you liked as a kid is, you know, not worth your time at all. Look, we saw a troll in Central Park. I know that I had bad taste as a kid. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I just, I think I've expressed most of the things I don't like. It's mostly the characters. Um, there are some pretty shots of the lake. Like, you know, it, it's, like I said, proficient on a technical level. And the CGI can be shaky, but there is a scene where the crocodile devours a bear that's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I, Poor I, bear. Yeah, that bear is so, so tragic. But one thing I thought was weird is that they worked so hard to tranquilize and like not murder the giant crocodile that when the surprise twist ending that there's a second female crocodile in the water as well. Mm-hmm. And they just blast the shit out of that crocodile and mm-hmm. nobody's sad about that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, what changed? Mm-hmm. I was about to eat someone. Well, yeah, but like even afterwards they weren't like, oh, I wish that had gone better. They were like, well, all's well that ends well. They got the big one and we never really saw the female, like her size or anything. So we weren't supposed to feel bad for her. Because little crocodiles can be murdered and that's okay. Yeah, because this thing it was like this huge find. It was thirty feet. Like how nobody's ever brought one in before, or um, like they've captured twenty-seven feet crocs, but not thirty-feet ones. And it's like, how did this croc even survive here? You know, that's interesting. Yeah, I guess. Um, I can only assume. Well, I guess I can save guesses for the sequel for when we talk about that specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, also the. I will say one thing that technically is a flaw here is that whenever there's a close-up of something, it's basically illegible. Like, there's a scuba scene where they find something under the water that I believe to be a cow carcass, but could be a sunken ship. Just mm-hmm. the close-ups do not let us in on what mm-hmm. it could possibly be. Yeah, I found all the underwater scenes to be very boring and unnecessary uh-huh. um, because they don't really lead anywhere. It's, I mean, it's meant to build suspense. Like, uh-huh. you're on your... like edge of your seat as much as you can be hoping something's going to happen hoping that they're going to see something and then be like whoa but we never see anything um except like these weird things and so it really requires you to want to be scared and i feel like halfway through that uh, halfway through the movie you kind of lose that want yeah and also when they find a giant footprint you cannot see it Mm -hmm. it just it's just some glistening mud and you're like i can't really make out what's happening here Mm -hmm. i don't know It, it it's it is what it is, man. Mm-hmm. Okay. Again, trying to be Jurassic Park. Yeah. Oh, I will mention, um, this movie was made by Phoenix, uh, the film company Phoenix, which also made the Urban Legend trilogy. Cool. So um, we got, I don't know, it, it ties in with other stuff we've done. Film family. Isn't that exciting? The real cinema family. Yeah. Um, do you have any last thoughts on Lake Placid? Um, no. I'm stoked to see the sequels because I kind of have always wanted to see them, but I've oh, never. Oh, I'm so like... glad. Okay, um, 
So we are going to have a little bit further conversation about what we do think happens in the sequel. Also going to tell you what we're watching next week. But first, here's how you can get in contact with the show. You can find us on Twitter at Scream101Pod. Uh, email us at Scream101Podcast at gmail.com. Our theme song is A Beat For You by Pseudo Echo. Find us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, rate, and review, and give us five stars. And I noticed that someone gave us three stars and no review. And it's like, look, if you're going to do that shit to us, at least give us some constructive criticism. I want to know why, my friend. Um, cause look, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm not actually mad. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm. But also, thank you for being honest. Yeah, no, that's totally fine. Cause look, I do. I think that every week we're pumping out five star content. No, no, no I this don't. week was bad. We had a ten minute exchange about things that didn't even really matter to the movie. Well, you, oh, you mean the the Final Destination one? No, I mean this one. Oh, this one. Okay. Well, what is there to say about Lake Placid? You know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so. Thank you for listening. Thank you for the three-star review. Brennan has changed his angry little rant. No, if you want to tell us why it's not five, send us an email at screamon01podcast at gmail.com, and we will work to rectify our errors. Yeah. Anyway, um, next week, we're going to be going old school. We're going to be watching the original Frankenstein from 1931, mm-hmm. which is definitely a step backward in time that we have not done since our very first episode when we watched Dracula. <laughs> All right, let's bring it back. Going old school. Yes, we are. <laughs> um, and we're going to watch all those universal Frankenstein movies. Um, but also let's do our guesses for an equally respectable franchise. What do you think is going to happen in Lake Placid two, which came out eight years later in 2007? <laughs> um, I'm hoping there'll be more Betty White. I severely doubt that with that gap, anyone will be returning. I still think more Betty White. That's oh, yeah. my hope for all we the sequels. That's true. Just fingers crossed for every single one. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I think if there's someone you can get back, it's probably her. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> she will do anything. Yeah, Betty White likes to keep a job. Oh, yeah. No, look, there's not a lot of uh, vehicles for extremely elderly women. Mm-hmm. She's been old for the longest yeah so what are you what is your prediction for the next movie well i think there's two places that this movie could go if they at all adhere to the narrative of this movie which for all intents and purposes they just might not do they probably won't they probably won't um but there's two possibilities um because at the end we see betty white feeding a lot of baby crocodiles Mm -hmm. so it could be one or multiple of those um or um I'm seeing a Jaws 3 SeaWorld-esque thing where, because the croc isn't dead, it's being shipped away on a freeway somewhere. To Portland. Oh, yeah, to Portland. But yeah, so like it could be that croc in like some sort of zoo wreaking havoc, which could mm-hmm. be fun. Mm-hmm. But I assume it's going to just be, you know, a kind of veiled remake, a bunch of new people with even worse acting. I imagine it's just people coming to the lake and dying. Yep. And there's a crocodile, and we're not really worried about how it got there. And it's going to be conspicuously a different lake that they pretend is the same lake. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm stoked. Let's some, do this. Some Canadian lake somewhere. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that that's the next one of these that we'll be doing. But until next week with Frankenstein, good luck on your journey. Let's think everybody. Bye. This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart.